This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy Sports Today DFW Dallas Morning News Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, talking in my uh, NPR voice. And joining us in the studio is Evan Grant. What's like? Well, what do you got? <laughs> Evan's in a really bad mood today, Brian. Have you noticed that? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yesterday was a really sucky and surreal day. Yeah, that was terrible. Huh? You know, the Tyler Skaggs death um, was just shocking. Uh, just a terrible thing. We don't have a, at this point when this is being taped on Tuesday morning. We don't have a, a reason. Uh, I, I would there be, is a uh, believe an autopsy scheduled for today. Well, I'm sure there is, and and, and my my guess would be uh, something like an enlarged heart, something that uh, was had been had gone undetected, and uh, just all of a sudden uh, did this. So, uh, yeah, a terrible thing. Have we have we learned yet? Uh, the the Mavericks, of course, postponed uh, the first game of that series. That was the Rangers. I mean, the Mavericks. The Rangers postponed the first game of that series. Are they going to do that again? No gonna- word yet. I, 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 it's stupid for me to even like. I, I'm not big on guessing on w- what the deal was on, on the cause of death here. I was happy to learn, uh, or relieved to learn, I should say, that it that, that suicide was not suspected. And um, I, I, I don't know if the Rangers will play tonight. My guess here is the Angels are in a really bad situation. Um, they're not going to cancel all four of these games postpone, um, or postpone all four of these games. So their choices are to either sit around in a hotel room where they're in in a hotel where their teammate died or go to the ballpark and do what it is that, that they do best. And that's, that's play baseball. So if I was guessing it, as we taped this at 10 35 AM, um, I, I would guess that they do end up playing. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, because here's the deal. I also know, you know, the Marlins. Uh, the, the last, uh, the last time this happened, unfortunately, was in at the end of this, uh, the 2016 season when Jose Fernandez of the Marlins died, and their game with the Braves that day was canceled. But I believe they didn't uh, cancel any any other games. Uh, the Post difference, strong. of course, was the no. The Braves game was canceled. Was canceled. It was at the end of the season. You know, the yeah. season. That's, um, That's a different situation, though. Different situation. Uh, the uh, and the Marlins were at home, and so they had some ability to um, to be with family. This, the, the the difficult part right here for me is that the, the Angels are on the road. They haven't been able to reconnect with their families, um, and that is that's got to be the difficult deal. You know, we had. Um, we had a, a family friend, a neighborhood friend, who who passed away um, unexpectedly last week. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I, I know just what Gina and I went through, um, because I was on the road and she was at home and people died, you know, this was a man in his, in his fifties and, and people died at a young age, at a younger age. And, um, it's difficult because your loved ones are like really hit hard about the perspective of life and mm-hmm. you and all of that. And, and so that's the difficult part right now for the angels to deal with this is, is they don't, they didn't just lose a teammate who they work with in their office every day. They're separated from their families. And, and that's difficult. Well, that, that's all difficult. But the other side of it all is just, as you said, is that look, we know this is difficult, but you can't cancel these games. Right. Uh, and you have to play them. So if you, if you start backing them up, now you're talking about playing multiple doubleheaders. And then yep. you're really talking about making it difficult on everybody. And I know that sounds callous to say that, but you sit there. There's just a chain reaction here across the league where these games have to be played to keep the integrity of the season. Uh, in, no, I, in but it just it all sounds callous and it all sounds petty, you know, when you think about it. But at the end of the day, um, I do think that that there's no really great options here. No, but this happens in other workplaces and. Yeah. People have to go back to work and do the things that, that they do well. And I think that when it's all said and done, that's probably the best option. Unless the Rangers, Major League Baseball, and the Angels can come to some kind of an agreement about uh, um, some other alternatives. And I don't know that there are any attractive There, there aren't any you know, alternatives. The, the, when the Angels come here in, in August um, – and it'll be 150 degrees outside. Right, you're going to end up having to play a doubleheader one of those days, where where the start time is probably going to be a record temperature. Yeah, uh, in this ballpark, and to do that to on consecutive days to to players is, is going to be unfair. And I think I know it's you know very long stretch without a day off for the Rangers, so that could be the same case for the Angels. What you're talking about is that first of all, you like to play with your microphone. Keep your hands off the microphone. It makes noises when you do that. And secondly, you talk with you're moving your mouth away from the microphone, which you love to do as well. Brian, you have any issues with the uh, modulation in here? It it would be better if it was constant, but it it can be overlooked. Yes, it can be overlooked. But I had a question. Yes. Yeah. Just from your perspective as a as a sports writer that was out there yesterday, what what did you see happen? What how did it go down? I mean, didn't see anything. I mean, because well, I mean, what we did see is you know the Rangers announced. Uh, I'm in the Rangers clubhouse when all this is happening, and the Rangers announced that they've DFA'd uh, Shelby Miller, and so you know they've made a roster move, and and then the next thing we know that they're closing the clubhouse for a team meeting and. The entire team, including coaches and um, and staff, is sitting in the clubhouse as they're starting to usher us out of the clubhouse. And it, you never see that. You know, if you're going to have a team meeting, um, usually you see players starting to gather at their lockers. You don't see the support staff as well. Um, and then uh, uh, we um, – uh, I saw somebody walk through, and and there were there was some some signage that seemed to indicate some kind of uh, like EAP assistance or something like that. So I thought, okay, something off the field obviously is going on here. Um, is there a situation 
where there there's a suspension was was you know was was Shelby Miller suspended because I was I was connecting the two things right was Shelby Miller suspended um, for some kind of uh, uh, PED situation and that's obviously not the case and and then uh, go outside and uh, wait for what we were told would be an advisory and the next thing we hear is that the Angels Clubhouse is also closed and that they're telling people. Um, uh, we're not sure when or if it will open. And then obviously you started to hear some chatter, but after that, nobody, uh, in either clubhouse was made available. And that's, it's not necessary at that point in time to, to get players reactions because on, on the Rangers side, with the exception of Jesse Chavez, who played briefly with, with Tyler Skaggs. I don't know that there's a lot they could add beyond the the thoughts and prayers, and it it gives you some perspective. Um, but we just heard then that the Angels players had uh, who had already arrived had had packed up and already left the hotel, uh, already left the clubhouse, uh, and then word started to leak about the the death of of Tyler Skaggs, and it's just surreal. Um, uh, I, the one thing that I kept thinking about and. And why this was so difficult and it hit so hard is, look, we've all experienced, we, we here at the Morning News have experienced death in our workplace way too much in the last month, right? With, with the passing of Jerry Fraley and the passing of Guy Reynolds. And that's, um, that's difficult to deal with. But in the world of baseball where, you know, you're kind of supposedly insulated from serious life situations. Right, everybody's in the best of health. They're all young people with young families. Uh, uh, the workplace is all about working out together and maintaining your health. When you're hit with something like that, when the real world hits you, I think it even hits a little bit harder because it's just so you're so insulated from from what people deal with, kind of in the real world on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's difficult. You know, it's been it's been a terrible terrible year. If I have well. I mean, besides all that, I got it was my best man died uh, three weeks ago at 62. So quit that. So go ahead and play like that when I'm talking about something that's very serious to me and very hurtful to me. But you go ahead and play. And have I'm fun. not playing with anything. Yeah, you're, you're having fun. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that, these are these are the things that happen in life. And we have to- uh, it is. It's just I, I, that was the one thing that kind of stuck with me yesterday. It's just like, uh, you know, in pro sports. All these guys are young and they're in the peak of health. And when it when it does hit you, it, it is like uh, this. Yeah, maybe this happens in the real world, but it doesn't happen in here. Well, you know, like it, it, look, it, it, it happen, anytime it happens, people are twenty seven years right. old. It's a tragedy. And then with the when the Angels are involved, and this is a club that's had more tragedy than any team on the face of the earth. Yeah. Uh, really, it's it's. It's scary that it's happened almost every 10 years for them since the mid-70s when Lyman Bostock was shot in a drive-by shooting. And then Donnie Moore took his own life after, again, after being one strike away from sending the team to the World Series in 1986. uh, And that did not come to fruition. And the next thing you know, after Donnie Moore is released, three years later, he kills himself. And then you go to to 2009. Nick Aidenhart is a is a pitcher, 22 years old, just pitches that night and is killed by a drunk driver near the stadium in Anaheim. Yeah, this organization has just, and that's the other reason why it just it, it, it hits like like an anvil being dropped from a building is that uh, 
that of all organizations, that organization seems to have suffered unfairly beyond beyond most. Yeah. Yeah, you know, growing up in Houston, we uh, we had a lot of that kind of stuff. The Astros had the Astros, and the Astros are the other ones, you know, and yeah. w- with the Don Wilson mm-hmm. uh, death, um, the Daryl Kyle death. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm missing somebody else. Well, they had guys that died of cancer, things like Jim Umbright died of cancer. They had a couple other players at the same thing. Yeah, so it is it is difficult. You do you know, and, and when you're you're a kid growing up in that, it really impacts you that way because it's so because yeah. uh, he's a people you look up to and it's like this shouldn't happen of course you know i've thought about this before it's, and it's it's weird like you 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 remember these deals right you remember um as a kid like danny frisella was i remember danny frisella was you know an inconsequential reliever but he died as a player when he was with the braves in a dune buggy accident and i just you know you remember these details from 45 years ago just because it's like these things scar you as a kid you know, I, I growing up in Houston, uh, I was a, a, a auto racing fan, and basically, I was an auto racing fan because of AJ Foyt, who was from Houston. Uh, and you know what? The thing I remember about all those races with AJ Foyt, Indy five hundreds, and everything else that he ran in, did AJ Foyt die? You know, is he going to die? And because you know that's what happened right. in those rec- in those races back then. And I think about well, as a little kid, what kind of stress does that put you under? That you're you're not worrying about whether this guy's going to win. You're going to worry about whether he gets killed. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that's that's no way to grow up as a sports fan. I mean, maybe that was just me, and that's just the way I thought. I, it just seemed like guys were dying all the time in these races, and and I didn't want you know our big hero from Houston, AJ Foyt, to die. Right. What right. A, what a thing to be thinking. All right. Well, let's move on to a happier topic. Uh, like the Rangers and who are are sending players to the All Star game. Three players in the All Star game. Unbelievable. Well, I'm not so sure that when it's all said and done, that they're going to have more than one player. To be perfectly <laughs> just, honest with you, maybe just Joey Gallo. Um, yeah. Uh, Hunter Pence um, was on rehab last night. He felt some tightness in his groin again. Uh, in his last at bat and was replaced um, for a pinch hitter late in the game. Rangers will reevaluate that today. So um, my guess here is, especially since it's an aggravation of the same injury, that they're going to take a real cautious approach. And it, it would not surprise me for Hunter to bow out. Um, Which is a real shame. It's his first time ever uh, as, a starter. as a starter. Yeah. Um, and I, I say this, and we're still a week away from the game, but – uh, and then the second thing is, is, with the postponement yesterday, it moves Mike Miner into today as as a starter, uh, and then it also will mean he'll pitch on Sunday unless the Rangers just decide to shut him down for the half after today. If he does pitch Sunday, it takes him out of the ability to pitch in the All-Star game on Tuesday. And Miner told me on Sunday, even after he was announced, that he wasn't sure if he would participate. He was thrilled to be added to the roster, but... The rotation allows for Miner, if he comes back and pitches the first day after the All-Star break against Houston, to face the Astros twice in the first two weeks of, 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 the, uh, of the second half. If he pitches any time after that, he would only face the Astros once. And, and the Rangers, at least as of Sunday, you know, harbored some, still, some notion that this was, this was still an in-contention American League West race. Um, so he, he was thinking about that even before this postponement. I, I just feel like when it's all said and done, um, 
that he will also not participate. I, I think he'll he'll go to the game, um, be introduced. I don't know that he he will participate. I could see um, the possibility of Lance Lynn being added to the American League roster. I think he will. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what the process is right now. If it, you just take them as it was in the past off of the voting as one guy is removed. Mm-hmm. But this was a commissioner's choice, so I don't know if he's replaced by by another commissioner's choice. Anyway, um, Lynn has, if you go by some of the advanced metrics, uh, among uh, you know, if you're using war, Lynn's got a great pitching war, so I think he'd be a candidate to to potentially fill in on the AL All Star roster. Yeah, if you, especially if you, well, even if even in the the unadvanced metrics, if you take away the first couple of starts where he was a little got a little roughed up, his numbers have been terrific uh, ever since then. So, uh, yeah, it would be a shame. I think that, to me, the the real shame is Hunter Pence. Uh, he's having a phenomenal year, and it's just a, it's such a great story. And to miss his first start ever in what has been a really good career, mm-hmm. uh, it would be a real shame. I hate to see that happen. But let let me say this now. It brings up this uh, the the whole issue we've been talking about all along. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a couple of things. The first that we can gloat about, uh, and I'm just going to give a shout out to my old pal Larry Williams. Who uh, who practically got in an argument with me? And Larry's the most laid back guy there is about Joey Gallo. That he's just you know, and, and Larry's IRA. So of course his analysis of Joey Gallo is that he's Dave Kingman, and yeah. uh, and so I, I I you know, and of course as I, tr- I tried to tell him, this was back in spring training after I'd written a story saying that you know uh, that he has a chance to be a star of the guys on the Rangers team now this is the guy who has the best chance to be a star and i was pointing out the fact that he was he's fast he's got a great arm uh and and, and yes he does need to increase his his uh his uh you know contact uh and he does need to raise his average but if you go by the advanced metrics he's he's been pretty good even the last two years It's, it's been better than you think uh and of course he just wanted to dismiss all that and now we have the skipper saying that he's that he's what one of the five best players in baseball. Well, statistically this year he has been. Um, he, he's he's certainly in the hunt for the American League uh, MVP at this point. The only thing that that really hampers him in any way is the fact that he's missed three weeks of injury. But if he no. keeps this up and he stays healthy the rest of the year, he's going to more than make up because he'll 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 have plenty of at bats and he'll qualify and he'll still end up playing a hundred and. 35 games or so. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, you look at every measure of Joey Gallo, and I think, look, if, if you said if you said that Joey Gallo this year was a 250 hitter with a 350 OP, uh, on-base percentage and a, uh, a 500 or 500-plus 500 uh, slugging, you'd say this was a, a nice step forward for Joey. Well, we're looking at a guy who right now is hitting 286, 426, 683, and his OPS is above 1100. That's it's just astounding. And and for me, I was I was really impressed. You know, Joey missed three weeks, came back, and yeah, three home runs in his first week back, taking walks, had another one of those doubles that have really become kind of a I think a a signature of his improvement in which he got the ball over the shift and into the corner. Not a ground ball through the shift, not hitting the ball right into the shift. Hit the ball over the shift and into the corner for a double. 
Um, he's got 13 doubles already, and he had 18 two years ago in, in 449 at-bats. So I think this guy has become uh, a much more well-rounded hitter. Um, I think Sunday was an interesting day for Joey at the plate. Uh, the, the Rays employ the most dramatic of shifts against him. They had four outfielders and three infielders on the right side of, of second base. And in his first at bat, Joey took a very easy bunt and turned it into a base hit with the idea that, hey, put that in their mind. Maybe they will loosen up the shift a little bit the next time around. Next time up, he got a high fastball and absolutely hammered it into the catwalk that surrounds the the outfield so hard the ball stuck up there. Um, And uh, in his third at bat, with the Rangers down um, by two runs and a runner at first base, nobody out, uh, the shift wasn't quite as dramatic, but they didn't have anybody uh, near third base. And, and I think Joey's perspective there against the left-hander Colin Pochet of Flower Mound Marcus uh, and, I believe, Dallas Baptist. And I got into a Twitter fight with the Flower Mound Marcus baseball coach on Sunday night, but we can get into that later. Wow, the um, Flower Mound Marcus baseball coach? Yeah, it was a lot of Flower Mound bad blood going because I Lomo. made a stupid joke. Um, oh, man. But Poche had struck Gallo out the day before, and uh, he's had good numbers against left-handers. And so Joey's approach was, well, let me see what I – if. I, I don't know that I'm seeing the ball great off of him. I didn't see the ball great off of him the day before. Uh, I've got a chance to to move the line for a right-handed hitter behind me who might see the ball better. Let me put two guys on base, uh, or at least put you know put put a run in scoring position, not strike out, not leave the double play in order or anything like that. What he ended what ended up happening was he wasn't able to push the bunt far enough up the third base line. Poche fielded it and threw him out, and you you know it just goes down and sacrifice bunt, and it looks bad because this is a guy that can tie the game with one with one swing of the bat. You think that in run in run scoring situations, that's when you want Joey to swing away. Yeah, um, not a good decision, I don't think. But I I, I I I will say this: I would prefer he swung away there, and yeah. and and I I said as much on Twitter immediately. Um, but I also grasp that what he was trying to do was understand this is not a guy I've got strengths against. Yeah. Um, and that I'm trying to do something team oriented first. Yeah. And there's always going to be mistakes, but if you make a mistake in judgment, that's team oriented yeah. over selfish. Right. I'll take it every day. Of the well, week. that's right. That you could say, Oh, now he's just trying to drive up his batting average, you know, and, and that would, of course that would be terrible. Yeah. Joey's a very team oriented guy, you know, uh, I don't, you know, I don't have a good feel for what fans think about Joey. You know, um, I think. Well, that, I mean, I think it comes down to age. I, I really do. I mean, I think you've got just a lot of old fans who feel like too many strikeouts, and then mm-hmm. there's people who have, who have some, have you know, they're casual fans. They watch some games. They've watched some games over the last couple of years. They've seen him strike out a bunch, and so that's the only image that's ingrained in their mind. He's not that guy anymore. Yes, he's going to strike out a lot. But he's a much more complete hitter. I, I just the thing that bugs me is that whole attitude is that uh, you hear people, as my friend Larry does. Oh, what, he never gets a, a, a hit. You know, it's like first of all, I know you're not looking at the stats here, so you don't have any idea when he's getting his hits. You know, you just think that he's getting a home run when it's like you know the score is thirteen to to three, 
and then he hits a home run. I mean, that's just I, to me, it was a situation where you couldn't look at Joey Gallo and not see the speed, not see the athleticism, his ability to to, to play any position. I mean, he's, he's played third base, he's played first base, left field, center field. This is a guy who's who is six five, two hundred and fifty pounds, and he can do all these things. Plus, he's got a great arm. Uh, he just needed some time to kind of hone that. And then, of course, as you and I know from talking to him, he's a he's a great kid to talk to. He's 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 fun. He he's pleasant. You know, he's confident. These are all tremendous qualities. I do think, as Chris Woodward said, that, you know, in five years, people are going to look back and say, boy, this was the really, I mean, even though he's had two pretty productive years here, he hit 40 home runs two years in a row. This is the beginning of the Joey Gallo era. And I I think people will look back on that, and I hope they do. You know, just because, you know, he's a a good kid and he's working hard and and he's had success now. And and I and I pull for him a little bit just because if for no other reason than I feel like he is misunderstood and that a lot of fans uh, are are simply stuck in that whole era of when you know well you you go back look let's go back to, to Mickey Mantle when Mickey Mantle came along he struck out a lot 150 which back then 100 150 times was a lot and people criticized Mickey Mantle for that back then. They said, oh, my gosh, people criticized Babe Ruth for striking out, you know, because the deal was until Babe Ruth, you made contact, you know, and you shortened up and you went the other way. And that's what you did. And then and then Babe Ruth redefined baseball. Mickey Mantle, in some ways, redefined baseball. Uh, these are this is what kind of happens with these kind of guys. Strikeouts are not great. I get it. You know, you, you like to see the guys put the ball in play. But the rest of the, the rest of the time and the things that they can do. They make up for all of that, or they more than make up for all of that. And I just think that it just, it's silliness to, to focus on one aspect of the game when in baseball, of all sports, there are so many aspects involved to look at. There, there's not, on, on, not only on just on offense and defense, but on, in different aspects of offense and defense. There are so many things you do and that you, that you ask these guys to do, and they need to be judged on all of that and not just one slice of the pie. Correct. Thank you. All right. Uh, do we do we want to revisit the? Uh, we got a couple minutes here. Uh, this this whole situation here with uh, with Mike Miner. You know, there was a there was a little bit of a stage he went through, a little slump where he was not getting past the sixth inning, and now he's had. Now he's once again uh, moved back and started to look more like he did early in the season. Even even when he was in this little bit of a slump where he was not he was throwing too many pitches and not getting deep into games, he was still pitching effectively. Uh, just not efficiently. Uh, so uh, we feel like that, that Mike has returned to this level. Do you think it's safe to say now that the Mike Miner we're seeing now is the Mike Miner you could see going forward? I don't I, – I don't You're not know. ready to do that? I don't know what that means. Um, oh, all, I know, it, all I know is, look, the guy leads the American League in ERA and he's third in innings pitched. And Some of his other metrics aren't as good, though. Uh, no, some of his other metrics aren't quite as good. But for me, if you're in the top five in the league in innings pitched, you're you're more than a, holding your end of the bargain. Yeah. Um, uh, there were there was a period where his strikeout rate was really high, but his pitch count was really high. Yeah. And I think he's 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 learning to balance all of that there are times when you need to get to strike guys out sure. and that's when 
that's when you make it work for you. Um, I, I just think I, I think at this point in time, it's. Uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is at this point, with a say. with a full year now since last year's since last year's All Star break, yeah. Um, this guy's been as good as any pitcher in the American League. Yeah, I'd certainly say he's in the top five. Because um, here's the situation: Then John Daniels going to have to come make up his mind really quick here about Mike Miner? Why am I boring you? I think so. I think he is. Um, but I also, I you know, I I think that. Uh, I mean, in the next I, I think two the one weeks. thing that would be a mistake here is to go into next year with I. Th- if I had to narrow, if I had to narrow this down and make a, a a a blanket call, I would say that the one thing that I would consider a mistake, uh, going would be going into next year, with Miner simply entering the last year of his contract. That's correct. I think you either, um, you either consider extending him. Yep. You mean now? You now, or you know, if this season goes goes south quickly here in July, then you consider, look, if somebody's going to give us an overwhelming haul for them, we have to consider that possibility because maybe this team isn't as close to to really competing as we think we are. Um, I think those are the two. You, those are the only two. For me, those are the only two options. Well, but see, that you kind of presented that in a way. Either you trade him now – or you extend him. Now. Or you extend him now. There is no other option. You you can't just let this season play out as you said and go into the next season and then he's got one year left. Because what's going to happen then is that Mike Myers is going to say, All right, fine, I'm gonna put myself out on the open market, uh, and I'm gonna get whatever I'm gonna get. Uh, and I think that that is gonna be a very difficult position to be in. This just to me, this is when you uh step up. As let, let, we talked about the Mavericks in the other podcast and about the, the trade for Kristaps Porzingis, they took a risk. You know, Porzingis is coming off this pretty serious injury. You know, is he going to resign with us to, to a max deal? There was a lot of risk involved here because they felt like this is a, a, a great player, you know, who's still in his prime, early in his prime. He's only 24 years old. Now, the difference in the Mike Miner situation is that he's already 31. Uh, so, that that is a, that is obviously a concern. Uh, you probably, but, but as you as we know, and, and this is the problem for me with fans. Fans always want great players in their prime. That's all they're interested in. You know, when, when you talk about making deals, uh, so you're just not going to get that in, in a deal. So they they lucked out in Mike Miner. That was a, a deal where they were one of the few teams willing to give him a contract and then also the opportunity to start because he was coming out of the pen. In Kansas City, so and that has worked out unbelievably well. Um, in, in my estimation, it was, let me say this: you know, because there, there are a lot of times that we can we can question Rangers' pitching decisions. Yeah. Um, but the evaluation of Mike Miner and the willingness to give him a spot in the rotation was nothing short. Plays out as nothing short of brilliant. Oh, absolutely! Um, it was a brilliant stroke, and I have talked with scouts and evaluators with other clubs who had interest in Miner, and their club had no interest in letting him start. They mm-hmm. saw him as a bullpen piece. Yeah. Um, the Rangers took a broader-minded view, a- and maybe because they went into last season and they weren't expected ne- necessarily win, 
they had the ability to let him kind of go through that rocky first half where he was sure. still adjusting to it. But for the long term, um, Mike Miner's been an outstanding an outstanding pitching call by the Rangers. You can't you can't hammer them for the Dylan Tate pick and for and for some other calls without saying or, or Shelby Miller or uh, Shelby Miller was a two and a half million dollar one year deal. There's there's no bad deal there. Drew Smiley. Um, Drew Smiley. Drew Smiley was not. Don't, a good don't get into this. Evaluation. Don't get into this game with me because I can throw this no, stuff I mean, at you all you day can't, long. You can't throw those out there without saying that. Hey, no. they made a they made a really smart call. But that's Shelby. also the reason why this because that is that call is not finished. You know, they made a great call bringing him here. Now you need to make sure you finish this deal. Either either trade him and get him some great players, some great prospects, right. or. Right. The, the worst thing that could happen would be for this guy to go into um to go into free agency and explore the market after after twenty twenty. Um uh you know, there are I, I think that everybody is astounded by how good he's pitched and he has in an era where spin level has become a really important component of an effective fastball, he's been elite in that regard. Um the question is, you know, he's 30 he's going to be 31 this year or 32 this I think 31 I think he's 31 um and he's got a long history of of injuries prior to to last year um if you sign him to a long-term deal you know are you taking an oh an overly risky uh health issue on yeah, here's my problem with that. You gave Shinsu Chu a seven-year deal, yep. right? Uh, and then, look, it's not not a good deal. But the thing is, it's almost like you're saying, oh, my gosh, we're risking the organization's health if we give Mike Miner an extension. You're, you're not – it'd be one bad contract. You're, it, you're about see, to be out from under this other bad contract. It is contract. impossible – I think, and and we may have had this conversation on this podcast, or I've had it with somebody else. It is impossible to sit back and judge deals that were done in the context of their individual markets. We were talking about, we were talking with David, and you may not have even been here. You may have been on one of your many vacations. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about, you know, what Dak will get paid right. in this contract extension and people are saying, Oh, it's too much that's what the market demands. Right. Well the the year that Sin Chi Chu was a free agent, the the leadoff smart hitter was a highly valued commodity. Jacoby Ellsbury got hundred and forty million dollars. That set the bar for Chu who uh, actually Ellsbury got $150 million. Mm-hmm. That set the bar for Chu, who then got hundred and forty. And let me ask you a question. Yeah. How has that played out? Who's been the better performer? Mm-hmm. And, and the, the fact of the matter is, choose not, you know, if we sat here and, and, and did dollars specifically on performance, choose probably not a $20 million player. No. But he has been a constant 360 to 370 on base guy. He's been a impeccable teammate in the clubhouse. He has gone to DH. Uh, when the Rangers wanted him to DH, as opposed to throwing a hissy fit about staying in the outfield, he has been an important contributor. And I, I'm not arguing any of that. My point is, is that we act like, oh my gosh, you can't, you can't give. Well, what if Miner's not great? What if he doesn't work out? You're no, talking you're, about to, a three or four year deal. To your point, now 
the Rangers have to – Here, here's the thing that I think is incumbent upon this team now to make a decision is if they think that they are ahead of schedule on the rebuild, then, yeah, you pump money into Mike Miner and you do take that risk. And you do say, this offseason, we're going toe-to-toe with the Astros. We are going to go out and pursue Garrett Cole. But we're not just going to pursue Garrett Cole. We're also going to pursue Anthony Rendon. And we're going to try and sign both those guys because mm-hmm. we're not going to just say – yeah, we're a little bit better than we expected. You have to go out and step up to the plate yeah, uh, and go toe-to-toe with the Astros. You can't expect that if you just in- incrementally get better that the Astros are going to get worse. It doesn't. Even though that team's had gone through some struggles over the past three weeks, that team's not going anywhere. Well, and, that, and that's the thing, too. And this, and one this last has thing been a about, great podcast. But in, in this market, you, you – because as you said about Garrett, Cole, I, I think that the Rangers' chances of, of getting Garrett Cole are, are slim to none. But I'll say this: if you can, you take him away from the Astros. You're, yes. And, then, yes. and this is what. Yes. This is what, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh! Stop. Is that uh, is that the things you can do in here? Because I think that they are poised for that type of uh, thing that they could. So I don't. I don't think this is a complete fluke. What's happening now? No, I, I think they are a little bit ahead of schedule, and I think they need to say. We're willing to step up, and we've got the in, we've got the revenue stream coming behind us to allow us to do that. Let's step up. Let's continue this on our next podcast, which will not be next week during the All Star break because you will be gallivanting around, and I will be on an assignment <laughs> covering the new Rangers uh, minor league outfielder Zion Bannister, who just uh, signed today. So the so the, from there, the Bahamas. So the, I'm going to there go is there. a sign in this market. We I, we buried the lead. The Zion has come to the DFW. Yow. Okay. All right, everybody. Have a good one. We'll see you in a couple of weeks and a month next year. We're not sure when. Bye bye. Adios. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans. We'll see you.